0: Welcome to Active Activism, part of the FemOn Collective. On this show, my guests share the causes important to them, how they became involved, and why we should be active in our activism. Meow, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Active Activism. We have two guests today, Allie Givens and Soledad Colston, our co-founders for a nonprofit called WAVE. Welcome ladies, please introduce yourselves and tell us what you do outside of WAVE.
1: Hello. Hello, everybody. My name is Allie, and I am currently the president and co-founder of WAVE. We have a voice nonprofit. And outside of our organization, I am very active. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm a therapist. I'm also currently enrolled um, in ministry school. I am very active in my church as a youth leader and a, a mental health advocate in our Celebrate Recovery program. So, that's me.
2: Hi, and I'm Soledad. Um, So currently I am a full-time mom. I am a wife. Um, I work full-time currently for the DA Child Support Office. Um, I currently started, I'm starting a new position working at the Henderson Jail. And um, I also just partake in a lot of social events, um, you know, family events, things like that. Um, so (laughs) I can say I'm also really busy, um, on the go, go, go. And yeah.
0: What do you do? What are you going to do for the Henderson jail?
2: So my new position is called a detention technician. So I will be working in the intake where, um inmates are getting booked. So I'll be assisting with their initial paperwork um, when they're booked, and then seeing if they have war- warrants in other jurisdictions, if we need to transfer them. And then also assisting them with, you know, bail amounts and release paperwork and just kind of providing them any information legally that I can. Um, just to kind of give them that information to know where they go moving forward. So I'm, I'm excited about that. It's definitely a new journey, and um, they're going to be long hours. They're 12-hour shifts. So it's definitely going to be a change, but I'm definitely excited.
0: Well, congratulations. Thank you. Before we get into your organization, I'd like you both to tell me just a bit about your history with activism and activism, and we'll start with Allie.
1: Okay. Uh, my history with act advocacy uh, I think really started honestly I would say probably in in high school when I I felt like we went to a very diverse high school and um, I was exposed to a lot of different um a lot of difference going to to Kenyan because I grew I grew up and I primarily went to a predominantly Hispanic elementary school predominantly um, mm-hmm white middle school and then I went to Canyon which was very diverse you had pretty much any and everything that went to Canyon Springs and I think I got an experience with two particular like friends of mine um in seeing their lives um and what they went through was pretty it was pretty tumultuous turmoil I always try to say that word and it doesn't ever come out right so I'm just gonna say there's a lot of turmoil in their life and um in seeing that what they went through and seeing how two things that came out of that were they would come to me a lot of the times for just help and just as an outlet um because I felt like they didn't have a voice to speak up in their own house and just experiencing that and then firsthand experiencing what they went through um was a shift for me because I'd never been exposed to things like that Um, I grew up in a pretty, like, calm, low-key household, and so being exposed to so much adversity and um, all of what they would share with me really made me just get, like, a a soft spot in my heart for for people that are faced with challenges and feel like they didn't have a voice and feel like they couldn't speak up, and I think, for me, that um, really shifted something in me to want to help and want to help people understand that they can Do something with their lives, uh, no matter what people are telling them or what their family has been a part of. And uh, that really shifted my perspective to kind of just look outside of myself and what I've been exposed to, and to start getting a a greater um, perspective and a softer heart for just people in general. Um, So I think that's kind of my background and um, how it's how I just my mind was shifted. And then also going into adulthood, um, when I started becoming more active in my church and just everything um, in my career, is a lot of it is surrounded around advocacy. Um, I'm advocating for my youth. I'm making sure that they're doing what they they need to be doing that leads their healthiest lifestyles. I'm advocating for people in recovery, um, teaching them about how they can get through this tough time in, in this journey that's really hard. And And one of my roles as a therapist, because I'm a licensed clinical social worker, one of the things that they teach in the program is advocacy. One of your roles as a therapist is to advocate for your client and to make sure that they're doing and that you're doing um, all that you can to help support them and make the best decisions for themselves. So it's kind of all encompassing, but I think for me, it really started in high school.
0: And Soledad? Yes.
2: Um, So on the contrary, I grew up um, in a low income neighborhood, um, very kind of unstable beginnings. Um, And we kind of, you know, when I started getting a little older, I really realized that we use a lot of resources. Um, I know that when I was young, my mom actually had to go to Shade Tree and we stayed in Shade Tree for a little bit. And um, just kind of learning these things as I was Growing um, and I was in elementary school. Um, I just kind of like was very aware of my surroundings and everything that was going on. And being the oldest sibling, um, I had to take on a lot of responsibility, a lot of roles. I was a caretaker. And so, without all being said, um, I just saw the need for people needing help. Um, and my grandmother also worked at a senior retirement centers a lot of the time. So being at a young age, um, I would go with her to work and I would, you know, see a vulnerable population, right. These seniors who can't care for themselves. Um, so I would go with her and I would assist whether it be just cleaning their dishes or just sitting and talking to them. Um, and then as I grew older, I, um, went to Cannon Ridge and I was in the middle school and I just realized that I had a heart for the youth. So I assisted for a little time with the ministry there as well. Um, and then I just continued that. So um, coming to like my, like my high school career, right. I always, like I said, I always just gravitated to people that needed help. So I, ended up volunteering a lot. I volunteered for shade tree for some time. And then, like I said, because they were near and dear to my heart, I felt like I had to give back to them. And um, at that moment in time, I felt like my help was small because I was just in the basement, like organizing clothes and organizing food and things like that. But, you know, kind of looking now back at that, it's, you know, any help is, is no help is too small. And um, so along with Shade Tree, I took a little time off of work when I was like 20, 21, and I kind of wanted to spend a whole summer volunteering. So I would also reach out to this nonprofit called the Nevada Youth Youth Network. And um, they're located in the projects on MLK and I believe like Cary. And so I would go there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And basically it was an after school program where kids needed assistance in doing homework. And we'd also do different activities with them to teach them different lessons, for instance, yoga to teach them to decompress and, and things of that nature. So I kind of always just, you know, felt what what was in my heart, and then kind of looked for where I can provide my assistance, where my assistance was needed, and then um, kind of work from there. And then the last thing I I was thinking of, too, is um, the last 10 years, I've been a big part of angel gift tree which is um, a nonprofit during Christmas time. Um, my husband, his family actually owns that nonprofit and basically we, re- we re- reach out to Walmart's across the valley to see who um, will be able to be a part of it and we put Christmas trees up in Walmart and um, if you've ever walked into a Walmart before and you go in there and you see tags of kids names and things that you know are on their wish list and so basically, a family would take that tag. They would um, fulfill these kids' wishes um, based off of their, you know, financial state. And then what I, what we would do is we would go to the WalMarts, pick up these toys, and we have like a big warehouse. We'd we'd go to somebody's house and organize all these toys for the families. And so, just last year, we were able to reach out to over six hundred kids. Kids, which was amazing. And we reach out to kids in schools, um, you know, West Care. We just reach out to a lot of different, you know, groups of, you know, families, mostly low income families. And so, again, I just feel that it's just always been in my heart since I was young. And it's just something that I wanted to continue doing. And I'm just blessed to be a partner with Ali and um, do the same thing.
0: For those outside of the area, explain what Shade Tree is.
2: Shade Tree is basically a hub or a facility, I guess you could exp- you could say, and um, women go there when. They need, they have children, they need assistance and are trying to wait, run away from like domestic abuse or instability, but it's mostly mostly for women who are encountering domestic abuse. And like I said, have, have children. Um, I think that they also might take in women who don't have children and basically they assist you in kind of getting on your feet, whatever that means for people. Um, you can stay there for however long you need. Um, I don't know what the requirements are, um, but I know that they have a big heart. So they try to do everything that they can to allow you to stay there. They have resources for you and your children. They feed you, they clothe you. Um, And like I said, I know they have a lot of different programs because the ultimate goal is independent living. You know, they want to be able to provide you the tools, whether those are mental, like um, mental health tools, whatever those tools are. Um, And so they have an abundant amount of resources over there. So that's kind of I'm not really good at explaining it, but um, I definitely recommend for people to look up that organization as it is a really big organization here in Las Vegas.
0: Definitely. Did the two of you meet at Canyon Springs High School?
1: Yes, we did. I believe we met my sophomore year or our sophomore year.
0: Were there any particular programs through the high school that helped the two of you get involved with the community?
1: I believe and um, so you can definitely jump in um, if I'm missing anything, but I believe as a part of our program being in the magnet um, side of it, we were both magnet students because it was a hybrid school. Um, We had to participate is as a part of our program we had to do volunteer work. Um, So I actually did mine at the late animal shelter. Um, So that's where I chose to do my volunteer work and um. I think that was a part of our requirement in the magnet program. We were supposed to do that. So that was my exposure to, co- to community involvement.
0: What about you, Soledad? Do you remember where you volunteered?
1: If
2: I'm not mistaken, I think it was with Angel Tree. I think at that, um, we had a certain time frame where we had to complete it. And so... Um, I just kind of did it all in December and November and kind of pushed it out with Angel Gift Tree. So if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what I what I did for mine. And I I'm not sure what the hours was, Ali, but I know there was a certain amount of hours of community service that we had to complete to actually actually graduate in the program.
0: I think it's a wonderful idea for schools to require that. It shouldn't just be a magnet thing. Everyone should give back to their community because it's important for everyone to know that they have something to give, no matter where they're stationed. There's always something that you can do. Like you said, There, it's kind of like acting. There are no small parts, right? That so tell us sure. about the organization that you two created. What does WAVE stand for? And how did you come up with the name? I know you said it really fast, Allie, but I'm not sure that <laughs> listeners could hear it.
1: I saw it fast. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. So WAVE, it stands for We Have a Voice Nonprofit. Um, and the name, honestly, it came to me based off of where my heart was at, at the time that I came up with the idea of doing a nonprofit. So the the idea, I feel I always say is it was a God idea. I, I believe that God showed it to me um, just because of the way that it really just played out. Um, and I remember I was 16. I was sitting on my bed and I just said, we have a voice. And I was like, I like that. Um, I was like, I really like that. And I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I was like, one day that'll be the nonprofit's name. Didn't think I would ever really do that. I didn't think I'd ever really venture into it. It was never really something that I um, saw myself doing. Um, but I would say that that was the origin of how it came to be very literally. And then as I started to um, understand the importance that I really wanted to promote for people like that were minors, of course, um, that they could speak up, that they could do more, that they could, um, make something for themselves. The name just started to resonate even more because it turned into like, no, you do have a voice. You can stand up. You can create a life for yourself. And I believe that's, that's the origin of how it came about. So how
0: did it all come together. How did the two of you decide we're going to work on this together? Give us the full origin story, not just the, not that just part,
1: the <laughs> the, the, na- the name of it. You're right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so the other part to that was, I believe it was 2017, 2017 that um, I really felt like I wanted to try and take a crack at this. And I felt like it was too big to do alone. Um, and I didn't feel to be completely transparent. I didn't feel like I could do it alone. And so, um, I went to Soledad knowing a little bit about her, her background and her story. Um, I shared the idea with her, um, I believe it was at her kitchen table at one of her houses. And I said, Hey, I have this idea. Um, this is what, this is the name. This is the idea of what I have. Um, and like, she does a lot for me um we'll we'll probably hear us say this a number of times throughout the recording but like we bounce each other out a lot of the time so I threw a bunch of ideas at her and um I said this is like kind of where I'm going and I remember her looking at me and she was like I'm on board like I want to do I want to do this with you um because I was like great because that was going to be my next question is like would you do it with me and she was like no for sure like this is where my heart is too Um, and I want to do that. Um, but unfortunately life kind of got in the way. Um, she ended up getting married and I ended up going to graduate school. And so we put it on hold for, I want to say three years.
0: Those are both fortunate things that probably helped you (laughs) when you decided to finally do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's, that's, you're right. Um, but you know, so it did get, hold. I guess I say it unfortunate because we were both very passionate once we had, a de- we had uh, decided that we were going to partner together to create it. and we You were also very to- young. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, but we wanted to start it like ASAP. But again, we did, we had no experience with nonprofit work or how to start a nonprofit. We didn't know everything that we needed to get into. So how did you um,
0: discover that? How did you learn that? Because it is a fairly new organization, yeah. and most people don't know how to start a nonprofit.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it was one um, Soledad's experience just volunteering, um, and speaking with uh, people like uh, the Nevada Youth Network. There's there the the creator and owner there was able to talk with Soledad. and then for me, my one of my uncles actually has his own foundation. Um, that he's had since 2017, it's called the Black American Dad Foundation, um, that he started out of Arizona. And I brought the idea to him, because I knew that he had started his nonprofit grassroots as well. And he had a lot of trial and error and was already a couple of years into it. And so I leaned in to him a lot to kind of I picked his brain a lot and asked him, like, what did you do? What do you need? We still actually meet with him and um, we've partnered with him for um, a fundraiser this past year too. And he's been a huge help in in guiding us in um, some of the areas of things to look out for, some of the things that we would need. And um, he was really helpful in just the background work of what the paper, like the paperwork that you need and um, what the state would be looking for and all of that. So kind of all-encompassing how it's sorted.
0: It was very wise of you to lean into your resources rather than trying to figure it out on your own. Like, you you know people who have already gone through this, and you went to them. So that was a smart move. Tell Mm -hmm. us your organization's mission statement.
1: So our mission statement is to support minority youth and families from underrepresented communities through integrative involvement in activities, fellowship, Community outreach and with needed resources. So, our vision with that is to eventually be a hub center that provides the activities, that provides the group for fellowship, that provides um, the resources. Um, But right now, how our mission has really been playing out is we've been doing pop up events um, in hopes to just get our name out there, but also just to start getting, um, interacted with the youth and start letting them know, like, Hey, these are little things that you can do to just speak positivity into your life. And that's our overall mission really is to really help the youth uh, the minority youth and, um, families to really just get any help that they need, um, but also build and develop skills to help them with having overall just healthier lifestyles whether that be they learn how to do activities like play basketball or learn how to just speak to themselves nicely by creating an I am affirmation and art activity. Um, Or they come to group once a month and they learn to build, you know, um, vision boards or goal oriented conversations, or we get them involved in uh, either volunteering at community events or going out in joining like shade tree and having people um, teach them how to get involved in community service and then obviously eventually we want to provide resources whether that be um, things like information on housing or learning how to build a resume or just next steps into transition from you know elementary to high school whatever is needed we kind of want to help support them in that that's our vision to kind of help you know promote an overall healthy lifestyle for them.
0: Yeah, it's all wonderful. So what are your specific roles within the organization? We'll go ahead and start with Soledad this time.
2: Um, yeah, so um, my title is vice president. And right now, we're at the point where we share roles at the moment, um, because there are so many different roles and we bounce um things off of each other consistently. So we kind of both, um, work together for our social networking. Um, we kind of discuss what our next funder fundraiser is going to be. Um, we kind of discuss what our next activity in the workshops that we want to implement. So right now it's not even so much what one or the other really holds. We both have different experiences and, um, we think, you know, we we, we have stronger traits, right? So Ali has the, the experience um, of being, um, you know, a clinical social worker, so she can provide those kind of things and a different insight on those kind of things. And me, just coming from the background that I have, and um, I do a lot of networking. Um, I can bounce things off of, you know, of her, so I can kind of give her an idea of, like, hey, I, for instance, like the last workshop we did, I said I think uh, I am. I am affirmations um, is a good idea that we could launch first. And she's like, I love that idea. She goes that, you know, that connects with what our mission is. And I was like, yeah, so it's not even so much who has what role at this moment. um, But we eventually plan on having more board members. But obviously, we don't want to just ask anybody. We want people that are going to be just as passionate as as us. Because we always talk about our organization as our baby, right? So it's our baby. We want to care for it. We want to nurture it. Um, we don't want anything to happen to our baby. So it's it's important who we bring along. Um, we want to make sure that they have the same vision as us. And if they have um, stronger um, traits or if they have experience in a different, um, you know, in like the legal sense, if we want to bring on an attorney or whatever the case might be. But like I said, at this moment, we share a lot of different rules. Um, and I'm, I'm happy about that.
0: Sharing passion and commitment for this, this vision. That would be very, I would say that would have to be essential in bringing on anyone else. Cause it's, it's a, it's a marriage, right? <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that, Allie? Yeah.
1: Um, as far as roles go, no, I think, I think she pretty much summed it all up as far as how we operate. I'll bring an idea to her. We'll say yay or nay to it. um, And we'll really discuss um, why we're saying yay and why we're saying nay. Like she and I are very intentional um, with trying to, when we're making decisions on having a reason behind why we're making that decision and making sure the other person understands our reason. Um, Because I think one thing that we uh, kind of almost pride ourselves in is making sure that if we're going to roll something out we want it to be rolled out to its like as best as we can like we understand there's going to be things that may come up but we both try and make sure that if we're gonna steward something we're going to steward it well and um that's kind of the approach that we've we've taken so far with um with this organization and our roles in it and I think we like I said we balance each other out really well in that if I don't, agree with something. I'm not just going to say I don't agree with it. We're going to discuss um, and we're going to make sure that we're able to find a balance and we're able to um, come to a compromise. And that's kind of how we've been working at this since we've started is like, how can we balance each other out? How can we make sure that we're we're equal? Um, and how can we um, respect one another's decisions when one chooses to make the overall decision? Like we had to have a sit down conversation about that not too long ago. And it it kind of set the foundation for our roles is we kind of identified that as of right now, because we're so new, um, because we don't have a full board, um, that we are gonna have to kind of work together and trust one another to, to make the, the decisions. Very good.
2: I'd also like to add something else, just kind of thinking about it and kind of talking about it um, too, is that we're, this is all still learning. We're continuously learning each and every day. Um, and, you know, we obviously don't know everything. So we kind of, anytime each of us kind of gain some more information and knowledge, we kind of try to educate each other, you know, like Ali um, bought a book that says how to run a nonprofit organization. And she kind of gave it to me and, you know, so it's just awesome. And, and another thing is too, is, um, you know, besides the nonprofit, me and Allie are our best friends. So it's important for us to protect our friendship. And then, but at the same time, um, set our boundaries um, when we need to become business partners, because we are business partners, and so there's like a thin line right there sometimes, and um, so we we try to protect both aspects of it because there are times where we need to talk business, and and we make sure that when we start these conversations, we're like, okay, you know, best friends aside, let's let's talk business, and we know that um, you know what our intentions are. So we just try to continuously communicate, and I think communication for us is just so important, um, so that we protect like i said each other's feelings each other's thoughts and and make sure that we do this the right way um so like i said i'm just we're, we're figuring it out and eventually we'll devvy things out differently um i think it's just this is where we're at now and then down the line it might be different you know and the rules might be you know split to this is what she handles and then this is what i handle so that we can both you know um alleviate some stress off of each other and um you know, realize what each other's strengths are. So I just thought that was important to state as well.
0: It sounds like the two of you make a good team and what you said makes sense. As the organization grows, it'll take on a life of its own and evolve and the two of you and your roles will evolve with it. I do have a question about something I saw on your website and based on one of Ali's answers, I think I know the answer to it. <laughs> So on the website, you share a quote, Proverbs 31, 8, which I'll read for the audience. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Do you have this on the website because it fits so perfectly with your mission? Or is it deeper than that? What role does your faith play in how you serve others?
1: Mm, That's a great question. Um, So. I'll give my perspective and then I'd love for Soledad to give hers. Um, because I brought this scripture to her and this was something that we agreed upon. Um, because my faith is huge for me. Um, and it is for her too. I'm not speaking for her, but I know she's gonna say that. But um, that's a part of how this came about. Um, like I said, I feel like this was like a this was definitely a God dream. This is something that was God led. And I've I grew up um in a Christian household. And so I've grandparents that are pastors. And, and so this is a part of just who I am as a person. And um, I think as my faith has evolved, um, I I've, I've found myself implementing it in many different parts of my life. Um, and this was one of the biggest things that I felt like um, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't, because one thing about me is I'm not one to force my, re- my religion on another person. Um, but you will know that I have faith, you will know that um, I believe in God. Um, and I have certain morals and values that follow line with that. Uh, and so the scripture to me, it was deeper than just putting it on the website and just having a scripture to back our, our organization. Um, to me, it, it, it really penetrated my heart when I read it. Like I was like, this is exactly what I'm envisioning for this organization this is a part of what I believe we are trying to do we are trying to teach this younger generation that they do, you know regardless of what they get faced with in life that they can have faith that they can speak up for themselves and they can have hope for a better future um so that's how it kind of came about um that's um the story behind how the scripture came up and then I, I brought it to some of that so
2: so what i could say is that um the one constant that's been in my life since i was young is the youngest i could remember has been my faith and um i've realized i that is something that I've always leaned upon, you know, when I've felt sad, when I feel like I didn't have a voice when um, I've been upset or emotional, or I wanted good things to happen in my life, good or bad, whatever the case was, it was my faith. I I remember just, you know, being a young girl sitting in my bed and and praying all the time. And I could say that I was led that way um, by my grandmother. But ultimately, I felt like it was something that just, it was a path that I personally chose, that I personally chose to keep a constant, that kept me afloat, that kept me happy, no matter what was going on in my life. It was it was my faith. And I think Allie knew that about me when she presented the whole nonprofit. And I, and I could, I don't want to speak for her either, but I feel like that was another um, reason why maybe she kind of went to me is knowing that we had aligned values and um you know we both had faith behind us um so that you know it, it's something that i think has always strengthened us and has um always kept us together and i think that's something that's important to teach these kids um again not so much the faith um but so much that you know somebody is there for you you know you have support somebody's going to be there for you we're here for you you know and and um so yeah so as ali said you know that that quote is deeper, but at the same, or not that Bible verse, not quote, sorry. Um, that Bible verses is, is just so much deeper because it kind of relates to, you know, correlates to the people that we are, yet at the same time ties into our mission and our beliefs for our nonprofit.
0: So we're about halfway through the year. What are your remaining goals for 2020-14 through WAVE?
1: Great question. So currently right now, um, we have a school supply drive running. Uh, we partnered with the local church that I go to, Word of Life Christian Center, in um, collecting supplies for an elementary school, uh, Paul Kelly Elementary School. And um, what we're doing with that is we're just providing as, or gaining as many um, school supplies and um, resources that we can for the students and teachers there. To alleviate the pressure of having to spend money on school supplies and for teachers to have to spend their own money on school supplies. Um, so that's currently what we're doing in this year. Um, I know we have um, hopes to eventually try and do something maybe with Angel Gift Tree by the end of the year. We've kind of talked about that and things set in stone. Um, but I know we have a couple of different ideas that we're trying to at least roll out before the end of the year. So uh, I don't know if Soledad, do you want to add on to some more things if I missed anything?
2: yeah um i mean so we <laughs> it's hard because we want to do so much right but we have to think logically being that we both have full time schedules so um i know that we eventually want to continue to network and work with other nonprofits um schools churches um basically anywhere that has a minority minority or a youth group that we can maybe teach a workshop to so i know that We haven't solidified anything in regards to that as well, but I know that that's our goal, you know, to launch another activity or or workshop and and teach another lesson. So again, nothing solidified, but we hope to be doing that too, maybe within the next six um, six to seven months along with, you know, our partnership. And so it's kind of like um, one of those things that we have things going, we're writing things down, but um, it's just making those and like, you know, solidifying those.
0: And as far as the school supply drive, what can listeners do to help? Some of the people listening are not in Nevada. So keep that in mind when you answer.
1: Great, um, uh, what I've done for those, cause I've had a couple of friends that don't live here in Nevada. Um, is I've provided a, uh, well, for them, they got my home address. Obviously, we would have to figure out how to (laughs) do um, it virtually. So I guess right now, um, if they wanted to donate or wanted to even add monetary donations to help with us, because we can go out and buy the supplies if they'd want to do that, on our website, we do have a donate option. Um, And if they um, can allocate on there, oh, you know what, we don't have an option for them to write in. Um, so if they were just to donate, I would assume if we were to get any random donations, it would go towards the um, supply drive at the moment um, because we're doing it through July 20th. Uh, so uh with the debt, I think the dead date really being the 28th, I believe is when we're actually going to like fully cut it off. And um, I'm not sure
0: this will air before then. So,
1: oh, okay. Um, well, if they, if it, this doesn't air in time, that's totally okay. Uh, if they just were interested in donating, they we're always accepting donations. It's going to help us build um, the programs. But that's the most current event that we have going right now.
0: Okay. And I imagine that spreading the word would also help people. Or, you know, yeah. get, getting the word out will help your organization so more people know about you since you are so new. Mm-hmm. Or... I I have two organizations I think you should know and they should know you. Mm-hmm. If any listeners know of an organization that you think I should connect these ladies with, please let me know and I will be happy to accommodate that.
2: Yes, we'd appreciate any kind of networking um, information, people sharing our information. Anything is helpful at this point. Um, you know, any nothing's too small. So. And then if they do happen to donate any money to that goes to supplies for our workshops, events, Um, all that money that comes in, we're
1: basically giving back out.
0: And how can people connect with you and your organization?
1: There's a couple ways. We just launched our website. Um, That's where you can kind of find all of our information, with current events, our mission, our vision, a little bit about us. The other social media that we have is our Instagram page, so it is WHAV, or it's at WHAV nonprofit, Uh, and you can see there like some of the past events that we've been engaged in, and um, we try our best to kind of stay um, to just posting current events on there as far as what we're what we're doing as an organization. And what's the website address? It is the nonprofit's name. So we have a voice,
0: Well, thank you, ladies, for sharing your advocacy and for starting WAVE. Is there anything else you'd like to add to help inspire listeners to be active in their activism?
1: I think the one thing that I would add is. Um, to know that you can, if you set your mind to it, you can you can achieve it, um, and that's I know a cliche saying that people say a lot, um, but it's very true. Like if you really do truly believe that you can do something, and you at least attempt to try, um, you may fail, but you can definitely um, learn and grow. And the more that you work at something, the eventually it will it will come to fruition. And so not giving up and at least attempting to try and to understand that if it even is just one person, um, you can potentially change someone's life.
2: Um, I would also say is all you have to do is have a heart and um, have a passionate soul and mind and um, just be active, like do something about it. Don't sit there. If you have a strong belief. Um you know, say it, say it loud, say it proud, um, reach out to people who have that same belief as you and, and they can connect you with how you can make a difference. Um, if that means being in a basement, organizing stuff, or, you know, talking to people, reading a book to somebody, um, handing them a sandwich, whatever the case is, is, you know, those things all matter. Everything matters, um, so I think it's important to do something about that. If you have a feeling or have a want for somebody who had, you know, who's who's at need, um, and like I said, that need can be anything, big or small. So I think it's important just to act on that, um, move and speak, um, and that just again aligns with what we that what we tell people is just to you know um, use your voice and um, use it proudly.
0: What a wonderful way to end. Well, thank you very much for that. Thank you, audience, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. This has been Active Activism, part of the FEMON Collective.